to start off season two. We've got some new theme music. We're going to look at where we've been in season one, where we're headed, give an overall impression of the general direction of season two, give a high-level overview, things like that. So buckle up. Here we go. My name is Taylor, and welcome to season two, episode one of Escaping Left, Right, and Center. Welcome back, everybody. We've got some new season two theme music. You have to let me know what you think. If we should uh, stick with this, go back to the old theme music, you let me know. But we're going to dive into it today in a high-level outlook into the future. So I know last time we did a, a recap of season one. We did a bit of a look ahead to season two. So I'm not going to rehash all of that. But I do want to start to uh, flesh out the ideas of season two a little bit better. So the purpose of season one was to build up some historical context to the mess we find ourselves in currently. We talked a lot about the history of partisanism as an idea, sort of the background of where some of the language came from, the history of it. But now I'm hoping to uh, start to look ahead, think outside the box a little bit. Which begs the question, well, why, why should we start from scratch? Why not pick and choose, cobble together a couple different ideas of things that we like? Is it necessary to completely deconstruct and start from the ground up? And I think in one sense, no, what we're going to talk about is going to be a lot of assembling and, and picking from this line of thought and that line of thought. But my initial overall sort of macro complaint against the current dichotomy is that I think neither of the two big parties has a clearly defined mechanism for their decision making. I know that at the conventions they come out with these big long esoteric platform documents, but those seem to be very chronologically bound to the time in which they are made, right? So if you look at the RNC platform from 10 years ago, it's going to look very different than the RNC platform of last year or this year, right? So it's less of a mechanism that ideas were pushed through in order to come to a conclusion, but they're more of just a summation of the current idiosyncratic opinions of the party as they are. And I'm not into that. I think in their most abstract interpretation there are things in each party that I can intellectually agree with. I'm trying to tread carefully. I don't know why, but I am. Right? Like if the, if the goal of the liberal left of the Democrats is to root out injustice and use the tools of government to craft a, a more egalitarian, peaceful world, I mean, in its most conceptual form I think I agree with that there's nothing inherently wrong there necessarily 
And on the flip side, if we think of conservatism in its most esoteric form as wanting to preserve the effective traditional values that have allowed Western society to progress to the point to which it has come, I think there's value in that thought as well. So this is not me trying to make some, like I've said before, some sort of beige middle way. I just think that we could do a little bit better when it comes to crafting a story about how we've arrived at certain decisions about certain things. So that was my goal when I set out on this experiment a couple years ago. This was about 2018, I would say, when I was just really frustrated with the state of dialogue between the two parties, and I don't think it's gotten any better since then. I felt that there was just two hyper-partisan, this side, that sides. The middle was relegated to choosing the lesser of two evils, and it just didn't seem like there was any sort of functional thought process that went into things. I think there's a lot of post-hoc rationalizing of certain ideas, but I think we can do better. I think I fundamentally disagree with each of the parties and how they pursue their goals, right? You can talk a big game, but then when it comes to walking the walk, is that something that they both do consistently at a high level? And I would say probably no. We have examples of corruption everywhere in both parties. We've got a lobbying problem. We've got just the the splitting into the two super blocks. It's just functionally useless. I also don't think it's a zero-sum game. People treat it like, well, if the Democrats get in power, it's going to be nothing but Democratic policies. And if the Republicans get in power, it'll be nothing but Republican party policies. I think we've seen over the past year with some of the uh, shenanigans in Congress that that is not how it goes. But I think that's how people view it. It's like, I just need to get my team in charge and then everything's going to come up sunshine in the way that I want it to. I don't think that's accurate. So what are we doing? Are we crafting some sort of nebulous centrism that's just going to sort of spin its wheels and go nowhere? And I would say no. In a previous episode, where we talked about centrism, we laid out some of the ways in which they just cherry-pick their pet issues and then they either ignore or actively suppress conversation about things they don't want. So they just kind of pick their hobby horse and they stick to it. And I don't know that that... Well, I do know that's not effective. All it does is uh, plays the spoiler to whichever party you're closest to, which in the first-past-the-post system makes you effectively useless. And even those third parties don't have any sort of specific, that I'm aware of, any sort of specific philosophical framework that they use for their decision-making processes. So I could be wrong. Let me know. But this is... In my humble opinion, this is not a centrist endeavor. This is an attempt to step outside of this one-axis dichotomy, this left versus right, and just completely zoom out and say, if we could start from scratch and come up with a sequence of ideas that describe how we think about things, 
what would that look like? I was talking to a friend and he mentioned, well, wouldn't this be very idiosyncratic, right? Like, wouldn't I had mentioned making some sort of mathematical function where you put in a value on one side and a, uh, a predictable value will pop out the other side. And he said, well, won't this be very, very idiosyncratic? We, we, each of us would need to build our own mechanism and then the value, we could put the same value in my mechanism and in your mechanism and they might spit out different values. At least I think that's what he was saying. And I didn't have a good answer at the time, I don't think. But as I think about it now, my goal is to create an idea that even if a person were to disagree with it, they would understand the the shape, the structure, and I'm going to advocate for these ideas as being worthy of general acceptance. I'm not just building the the Taylor mechanism to see how Taylor's brain thinks. Although, I mean, it's the only brain I have access to at the moment. But I wouldn't put something forward as a good idea unless I thought it was a good idea in general. Right? If that makes sense. So my hope would be that as we work through these and I lay these out in the perfect world, you'd say, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I agree with this. This is a style of thinking that I think I could either adopt or discuss in good faith, something like that, and not have it simply be, oh, well, this is how Taylor thinks, and he's, uh, you know, a bit of a kook, so we'll just leave him in his padded room and not talk to him. So I hope that makes sense. All right, so really quickly... I want to give just a very high-level overview of the general structure of this uh, of this framework. And then my goal for the rest of Season 2 is to spend an episode kind of parked on each of the, uh, the segments. So before we get into that even, I need to introduce a very important uh, term that we're going to be using a lot for the rest of Season 2 and into the future. And that word is stewardship, which I'm sure most of us have heard, most of us know, but I'll just give a quick definition. So in Merriam-Webster, it defines stewardship as the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So the sense of careful, responsible management. And this is a thought I stumbled upon as I was trying to conceptualize what is the the fundamental constant of good politics. And so I had the thought of stewardship with the idea being that it's something important, something that is long-term, something that requires active, mindful attention, Because that's really what most of life boils down to, right? The stewardship of the things within our control as individuals and within our control as communities and as a country. So this idea of stewardship is how I've been describing my framework. So I've been calling it the steward framework or the steward philosophy. And basically interweaving that thought of careful management into different slices of uh, 
political thought. So having laid that out, I'm now going to outline several different layers of society and then we can think about how stewardship applies to each of the levels. So for these levels, for the framework, I want you to imagine a pyramid, right? Everyone knows what a pyramid looks like. This is not a pyramid scheme. I'm not going to have you buy any um, Avon or Pampered Chef or uh, what's the other one? Neutral Life. I, I can't remember. Uh, none of that. But I want you to imagine a triangle. And in this triangle, we're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven segments. So the foundation will be one, and then a slightly smaller one above that, slightly smaller, slightly smaller. You get the idea. And so these different levels will be labeled thus, starting from the bottom. All right, so this is the largest, the foundation of the pyramid is going to be the family and the household. The one above that. We're going to call it the domain. The one above that, community. Next, macroeconomics or the economy. Above that, municipal government. Above that, state government. And then the very tippy top of the pyramid is the federal government. Family household, bottom. Domain, community, the economy, municipal government, state government. Federal government. And then within each of these segments are three smaller uh, subsections. I'm not going to get into all that right now. That'll be what the individual episodes are on. But I hope as I even said those out loud, you can start to think, well, how does stewardship of the household look? How does stewardship of the community look? How does stewardship of uh, the economy or the state government look? We can start to kind of quickly get a general idea for what bad stewardship looks like so then thinking about well what would the what would the ideal attitude towards each of these things be so that's what i'm hoping to explore and i think the biggest thing even in the past couple days i've been thinking about this is the idea about responsibility the application of responsibility who holds the responsibility for these different things And then the trade-offs between short-term gratification and long-term gratification. And I'm hoping to show that good stewardship, owning responsibility, is most frequently in service of long-term, not short-term. So that's the outline. We'll get into a lot more Federalist papers. I'm hoping to pull in some good quotes from authors that I've read that touch on these different things. I'll try not to get too uh, rabbit holy on any of them, but no promises. I have quite a bit uh, of overwrought self-authored literature on these things, so I might pull from some of that. But it's uh, you know, we can we can do better. So. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, share, comment, subscribe, however you're interacting with it. It's nice to see folks uh, on the different platforms interacting with the podcast. I appreciate it very much. The holidays are coming up. This is November of 2023, so my already sporadic uploading schedule might become additionally sporadic. And then soon, within the next week or so, we should have... Uh, an actual website up and running, which should be nice.
place and then there'll be a bunch of links that people can share and all that good stuff so be on the lookout for that as well thank you all so much for listening if you're in the united states i hope you have a lovely thanksgiving and we'll see you again next time